This is the Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Catch Stan every weekday at 2 on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Where to begin? Well, let's begin with turnovers. And here's what I found really disturbing about it. Not only the amount, let's remember something. They had three last week. And if you really want to put the game in this context, they won a game last week they should have lost. Yesterday, they lost a game they should have won. These things tend to even out. They shouldn't. Here's my biggest beef with the turnovers. As far as the interceptions are concerned, I don't know if Antonio Brown was interfered with. I don't think you'd see it on TV. Roethlisberger thought so. A.B. thought so. But every quarterback and wide receiver always thinks they're interfered with. I saw one other play where Vance McDonald definitely was interfered with. First quarter. These things happen. I do want to mention, I said this on the postgame show yesterday, that not that it, the, the penalties were about even, but Tony Corrente and his crew are known, as Marv Levy once said on NFL Films, they're a bunch of over-officious jerks. They rank among the most penalties called officiating crews in the NFL. I just don't think they handled things well. It looked like they didn't have control, didn't know what they were doing, not that there was rough stuff involved. Having said that, we're going to get to the goal line calls, and calls in general, that'll be coming up in the next segment at around 1220. So I'll leave those two for the time being. But the two fumbles, not even talking about the block field goal, the two fumbles were the product of poor technique, in Grimble's case, stupidity, but poor technique. I'll st- These are huge plays in the game. That's a scoring play. That gives the Steelers the lead there. And then you force the Broncos to play from behind. Here's my problem with it. Number one, poor technique. He was carrying the ball in the wrong hand. He was carrying the ball in the wrong hand. You are taught to carry the ball away from where the potential contact is going to be. So he's running to the end zone, ball in his right hand. The safety, Will Parks, is coming over from that side. That ball, if it's switched to his left hand, which it should have been, there's not a fumble there. Poor technique. Now, receivers, running backs, they're taught to do exactly that, if you can. Now, if you're in traffic, if there's a bunch of people around you, no, you don't want to be switching the ball in traffic. But as you saw, there wasn't anybody within a mile of Xavier Grimble until he got to the goal line. Ball's in the wrong hand. If the ball's in the right hand... I should say correct hand. In this case, the correct hand was the left hand. There's not a fumble. Number two, what was 
really disturbing to me. And this caught my attention while I was doing the postgame show on the network with Charlie Batch yesterday. Is Grimble's comments after the game. Joe says on Facebook, of everything that happened yesterday, I still can't get over that Grimble fumble. His explanation of what happened was even more reprehensible. Absolutely. When he was asked about it, he said, oh, I could have cut inside and scored the touchdown, but I wanted to run through the guy. Why? So you could get on a highlight on SportsCenter? Guess what? Mission accomplished. You were a highlight on SportsCenter and certainly locally. If he cuts inside, there's no way that guy gets him. If he slows down, the tackler comes flying past him. And he hip-hops into the end zone. But no, he's going to run the guy over. Big, bad Xavier Grimble, a third-string tight end, who's got everything that you'd want the tight end, size, speed, but is always underachieved. Maybe there's a complete example why. A third-string tight end who should be out of the league next year and certainly should be out of Pittsburgh next year. Someone tweeted me last night. He just wanted to make a statement. Let me tell you something. Scoring a touchdown is the ultimate statement. Big he-man, Xavier Grimble. Not even smart enough to put the ball in the right, proper hand. James Conner fumble wasn't a scoring play, but it, it came at a time when the Steelers finally had committed a bit to a running game, which they abandoned. I will get to that. On that drive, A.B. and Juju were on the sidelines. They went double tight end. They went Rosie Nix. That was the sequence, you'll remember, where Connor gained 12, 13 yards coming around the left side. An excellent seal block by Rosie Nix. And a great block by David DeCastro. <clears throat> they were starting to impose their will. It's not always about the turnover in and of itself. It's about when it happens. The Ben interception, the first Ben interception, came at a time when the Steelers looked like they were about to take control of the game. The crowd was quiet. It's a very loud place if you've ever been there. You probably could tell it from TV. They were silent. But the thing that was bothersome about the Connor play, again, we get back to fundamentals. Why did he fumble? Fundamentals. Number one, he was trying to leap over a guy. Think about the play. You've got your laptop or your phone. Look at it. He's trying to leap over a guy. That is never a good idea. Not only do you increase the chance of getting injured when you do that, you also lose your balance. You lose your base. 
You lose your grounding. And if you look at the video, you will also see that the ball is away from his body. Probably because he's leaping in the air. It's not tucked away. That's poor fundamentals. And that's why I fumbled. There was not, it didn't look like a direct hit on the ball. There might have been with the defender's hand. But if the ball's tucked away, it was a glancing blow. But when the ball's away from your body, what are you holding onto it with? Your hand. Poor fundamentals on both the fumbles. Poor. I don't think James Conner has a fumbling problem. And I hate to bring this up because he's not around. Never going to be around again. James Conner has fumbled four times, 266 touches in his career. Le'Veon Bell didn't fumble for his fourth time until the 960th touch of his career. 412-922-2874, pound 970. Thomas in Los Angeles. Hi, Thomas. Hey, Stan. How you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, I wanted to, to highlight what you've been talking about, the turnovers. I mean, I think the Steelers are negative eight or seven. Seven. If you had told me the record of a team that's a negative seven, I would say three seven and one. I don't know how the Steelers are seven three and one with that ratio. As I mentioned a bit earlier, Thomas, they have the worst turnover ratio of any winning team in the NFL. And Stan, I know a call a call last night when you were on with Charlie Batch that the Steelers may be in deep trouble. But if they don't turn this turnover ratio around, San Diego, New Orleans, and New England don't need any help scoring. But if you're going to give them the ball, they're going to put up 45 and 50 points against you. They're not going anywhere unless they clean that up. And I, and I want to leave it at that. All they, right. they, they have to clean that up fast. They do, Thomas. You're right. Um, you won't be good teams like that. You know, there's a similarity between the Jacksonville and the game yesterday. Those two teams need you to help them to win. They're not going to be good teams on their own unless you open the door for them. The Steelers did it against Jacksonville. They were fortunate to get out of there, and they did not get away with it. In Den- Denver's not beating them without some help. They don't beat anybody without any help. I mean, they're a competitive team. You know, They're a tough physical team, but they're not that good. And the Steelers played right into their hands. Thanks, Thomas. I appreciate the call. Thank you. We're going to take more of your phone calls. I want to talk about the running game. The larger concern to me, again, these are all correctable items. I mean, it's a game that they should have won. I mean, you get blown out, you get blown out, you get hammered, you get hammered. That was not the case yesterday. But there are, and I I don't think there was anything systemic. Because let's remember now they were on a six-game winning streak. It was bound to come to an end. They were not going to win out. But there are a couple of trends, I think, that they do need to change. You know, panicking after yesterday. I mean, any one of those plays change, any one of those turnovers changes, we're likely to have a different outcome, right? But there are some systemic issues. We're going to get to your phone calls. Tunch will join us today at 1240. 
Uh, at 1 o'clock, we'll talk some Penguin hockey with Bob Grove. Then back to the Steelers at 120. I've got the, the remaining five games for all the, if you will, AFC contenders mapped out. We'll see who's playing whom and how that plays out. Steelers still control their own destiny. Right now, we're going to ask today's trivia question. First correct caller wins a $25 gift certificate to the Carlton Restaurant in downtown Pittsburgh. We talked about the turnover ratio and all that kind of stuff. The Steelers are a minus seven. That is not the worst in the NFL. Which team has the worst turnover ratio in the NFL this year? Which team has the worst turnover ratio in the NFL this year? The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. We didn't take care of the ball well enough. We didn't um, balance that out by getting the ball. And so when you're minus whatever we were in the game, it's going to be tough to win. Uh, Jerry posts on Facebook about Grimble should be an immediate cut. That's football 101. Put the ball in the end zone if you can. Gabriel said, it doesn't make any sense to me why you would throw 50 times. We are going and at best mediocre run defense, not only – mediocre. They were 27th in the NFL in run defense. Maybe the team doesn't believe in Connor. Brad says, alarming the two straight weeks, way too many bad turnovers. Remember three last week against Jacksonville. They got away with it. And Brad goes on, Connor all of a sudden looks like sh- uh, looks shaky holding onto the ball and receiving. It's like ever since the bell thing was over, Connor's play has declined, to which Billy comments, he might be the type that needs to be challenged by players behind him or it could be that he was really dead set on holding it down until the time he thought that Bell would return. I don't. That didn't sound like Connor to me. That all of a sudden, oh, good, I'm I'm the number one guy. Bell's not going to be here. Not to worry. Doesn't doesn't make sense to me. It's hard to pick apart a game plan when you get 400, 527 yards of total offense, and coaches can't coach turnovers. They can coach technique. So it's hard to argue with the game plan. But I must say, when Ben in his career has thrown 50 or more times, they're 3-7. and seven. Now, a lot of that is because you're behind. That was not the case yesterday. Connor had 13 carries against the 27th run defense. Now, again, it's hard to pick apart a game plan like that. But it wasn't like Connor was being stuffed like he was last week against Jacksonville. He averaged over four yards per carry. It's not record-setting, not like Lindsey got for Denver yesterday, over five. But it's not like he was getting stuffed. Balance. Patience, grasshopper. Balance. That's two weeks in a row now. The Steelers have not run the ball well, and two weeks in a row they have not stopped the run well. If you're looking for trends, those are the two things. If you're looking at Connor's performance, fumbled yesterday, two drop passes against Jacksonville. Coming off a concussion. I don't know. I have no answers for you. And I wouldn't take, again, I don't think there's anything systemic with the Steelers, but 
let's point out that they have not run the ball well, well enough, or often enough in my view. As far as the goal line play at the end of the game, can I say that it shouldn't have come to that in the first place? But let's look at it. 527 yards, and really the offense scored one touchdown. That was on one play. The other one was the fake field goal. Here's why I did not like the play selection at the end of the game. If you've listened to me for more than 10 minutes at any point, I do not like passing on first down at the goal line. Certainly inside the five-yard line. Maybe, maybe, maybe if you're first and goal at the nine and a half, I get it. But generally, if you pass on first down, you're pretty much obligated to passing on second and third. And I realize that the first down play was an RPO and that as Tunch watched the game, <coughs> I did not actually see it because I was driving on the way into the postgame show, unfortunately, that if Ben would have handed the ball off to Connor on the first down play, he would have walked into the end zone. But, hey, Ben's your quarterback. You trust his decision based on what he sees. But here's why you run the ball. You run the ball because you should run the ball, but here's another reason. If you assume that you're going to score, and why wouldn't you first and goal from the three, you don't want to leave Denver a ton of time to come back and beat you with a thin air-aided field goal, and the guy's a good kicker. Now, maybe if they run the ball on first down, fine. But if you don't make it, you either A, run another 35 seconds off the clock, or B, force Denver to use one of their timeouts. That is as good a reason as any to run on first down. Second down, they did run. They got nothing. I thought it was interesting. I was told that Tony Romo on that play doing the color announcing on CBS said, you, as the Steelers came out of the huddle, he said, you can't run the ball against his defense. And sure enough, they got nothing. The third down play, bobbled snap, Pouncey drives the guy back into the end zone. By the way, speaking of CBS, what do you think Jim Nance makes a year? What, $12, $13 million a year? You think maybe that he would learn it's not Randy Feechner? It's part of the job, Jim. He generally does a good job, but come on. And by the way, while we're talking play calling, would the Steelers please retire the shovel pass at the goal line? That was the sequence which led to the fake field goal. Now, by the way, Vance McDonald dropped the touchdown pass. It shouldn't have come to that either. Either, But that people have seen that shovel pass now. We've seen it now. We're ready for it now. Don't run it again. Thank you. 412-922-2874, pound 970. Gabriel in Miami, Florida. Hello, Gabriel. Hey, Stan. How you doing? Well, thank you. I'm doing horrible. I always get in a bad mood till Thursday when we lose. <laughs> I want to say, say a couple of things. Well, my girl is Justin, so she's in a bad mood, too, so we're kind of happy in our bad moods because she's a converted Steeler fan. But 
You touched on a point earlier that I, I was livid about, about Le'Veon Bell. And I know he's gone. He's not coming back. I can accept that. But this mess started three years ago. And you don't win games the day the games are played. That stuff takes planning. You're going to resolve this two or three years ago by paying the man. James Conner is a nice, good back. He's not Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is the best back. He doesn't fumble. He catches passes. He changes the way defenses have to play. And well, it's, played, there's, no sense, there's no sense going back over it. The Steelers offered him more than twice what any running back in the NFL was making. He wanted to be. He wanted to. He wanted to be a, a breakthrough guy and say I should be paid, uh, in essence, double what a running back makes because I'm a great receiver. No one is denying that. He tried to challenge and change the pay structure. We'll see if that works out for him in the off season. Uh, I don't fault the Steelers at all. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll say that from a management perspective. But again, you touched also on the point on first and goal from the three. Why can't you just line up heavy and just run the ball down their throats? What he showed to me was that they don't have faith in James Conner. And my last point is this. Granted, he was a knucklehead off the field, but he's playing this year. I guess he's hurt now. But please tell me what we got in exchange for trade Martavis Bryant because James Washington is nothing. Well, I'm glad We don't have a third receiver. No, well, I mean, Martavis had his issues and even went to Oakland and had some issues. We get that. He was going to be a free agent next year. But I'm glad you brought up James Washington because I made this point uh, on the postgame show yesterday, Gabriel, and I I think it's worth mentioning. Um, I'm not giving up on James Washington, but I am giving up on him now. Uh, he, they can't, they can't, they can't use him. Um, he, uh, I, I'm reminded of Lima Swede. I'm not comparing the two, but I remember when Lima Swede dropped that pass in the end zone, then tried to fake like he was hurt. Um, it was said of Lima Swede, the moment's too big for him. I think right now the moment is too big for James Washington. And I've been talking about this since day one. They need a third wide receiver weapon in the pass game. That's not to say that Switzer's not doing a nice job in the slot. He is. He's doing fine. Um, but I'm talking about a guy like what Washington was supposed to be who can be a bit of a vertical threat, who uh, a defensive coordinator watching tastes of the week said, hey, when 13's in the game, we got to pay attention. Now there's no, there's no sense in it. And they do miss that. I honest, not, not that I'm a Justin Hunter fan. I mean, I, I, I think he should be gone. Uh, but I think right now he's got to be the wide receiver who gets a hat, not James Washington. The moment's just too big for him. I guess Gabriel's gone. Let's quickly go to the counselor. Hello, counselor. Hi, Stan. How are you? Well, thank you. I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. It was all right. <laughs> okay. Um, my It took my thunder, Stan. When I was looking at it, that fumble by Xavier Grimble, I said, you son of a – there was another word I wanted to use. You have that ball in the wrong arm. Yep. Okay? And, you know, that's uh, Pop Warner 101. The other thing that kind of made me crazy is, yeah, I also looked at Connor and saying, "Why did you have to leap?" He didn't. You didn't. You're not. You're not a 195 pound halfback. Well, you, 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 if you want to take him on, take him on. Lower your shoulder, put the ball, tuck it in next to your body, and take him on that way. I agree. You're not going to jump jump over him. You're not a high hurdler. It's not, no. it's not an advisable strategy. Um, you open yourself up for injury. 
Um, it, it doesn't gain you anything. And at that point, you had a nice 23-yard gain. Not that you give yeah. up, but, you know, hey, he's he leads the NFL in, in uh, tackles missed. So you either yeah. uh, juke the guy or lower your shoulder and try to get an extra four or five yards by knocking him down. But uh, that's right. the and And the ball was away from his body. And then right. the ball security, um, that's – it's a tough lesson to learn. You would think that he would learn it by now. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, both of those fumbles were completely avoidable because they were technique issues. Right. And the other thing, I'm like you, Stan, I can't understand why when we have a running game that's pretty doggone good. And a great I'm offensive line. Yes. At a first and goal from the three, I bring in um, the fullback. And I'm going to say, look, if you stop me on first on fine, but I'm probably going to get half the distance or two of the three yards, and then you got to figure out what am I going to do next. I agree. And if you don't get any yardage, then you change your options on second and third. But um, uh, I, I'm running – I know it was a run-pass option, but I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not even getting involved in that pretense. Counselor, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye. Uh, our next call will be to Tunch Ilkin. Tunch will join us next. Did I give the answer to the trivia question? No, I did not. So I will do that now. What NFL team has the worst turnover ratio this season? Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are a minus 21. Steelers are a minus 7. As I said, the worst turnover ratio of any winning team in the NFL. The best, this may surprise you, the Chicago Bears. Well, they're good. They're 8-3. and three. But the Browns, the Browns and Bears are a plus 14. How'd that happen? It could be misleading. I mean, the Browns are 4-6-1, and one, but they are tied with the Bears. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Big rush. He throws it down the field. Pass caught on a dead run, and that is Juju loose. 45 40, 35 30, 25 20, 15 10. Juju, a 97 yard touchdown reception. Saw the DB, he was playing heavy outside leverage. Um, we had a go route, uh, just went down the field, Ben threw me inside, and from there, you know, I saw it be blocking. Um, I took a cut and just turned it up there. Heck of a day for Juju, and uh, should have been enough, but it was not. We're joined now by. Tunch Okun, of course, was in Denver to call the game. Tunch is brought to us by Calusi Chevrolet. Uh, Tunch, there weren't many systemic things we all understand about the turnovers, and I'll get to those momentarily. But for the last couple of weeks, the Steelers have not run the ball as well as they had uh, in the first five games of the winning streak, either because they didn't run it well last week or didn't run it enough yesterday. Yeah, Stan, I mean, you know, it is confusing. You know, 56 passes and 16 runs. Uh, you know, that is uh, definitely not a balanced attack. And, you know, I think the, the, um, when uh, the more you do no huddle, I think, you know, Ben's calling the shots. And, you know, Ben, uh, you know, wants to throw the ball. Um, you know, I think that uh, in today's NFL, um, you know, you, you see a lot more running out of shotgun. You know, you don't see guys in three-point stance coming off the ball. You know, it, it's more like um, uh, getting into them and dance with them. And so I think, uh, uh, you know, that's one of the things that kind of hurts the Steelers. 
you know, they're much better when they're in a three-point stance and they cut, they're coming off the ball. And, uh, you know, I'd like, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. You know, of course, as an offensive lineman, you always want to run the ball, and you, 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 you love running the ball, and you want to uh, be in – you want to get your body in a position where you can explode off the ball. Now, there's not a lot of that in the NFL in today's game, um, but uh, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you, Stan. It's hard to uh, you know criticize the g- a game plan that produces yeah. 527 yards of total offense, but in essence, the offense scored just the one touchdown. I mean, they got the ball down there, and then they had the fake field goal. The other systemic issue, uh, and something we had not seen, and we saw steady improvement, was last week, Leonard Fournette had a big first half. They shut him down the second, but yesterday, Lindsey rushed for over 100 yards. Um, are we to de- determine from that that Stefan Tuitt not being there um, is a common denominator in allowing more running yards? Well, you know, I think, uh, I think that's part of it. But I also think that, um, uh, you, you know, running the ball and stopping the run, as Chuck used to say, uh, is imposing your will on the will of your opponent. And, and, and I think that yesterday, uh, especially because, you know, the three inside guys, uh, you know, Elijah Wilkinson, who is the right guard, is the backup right tackle. Uh, the other guy, uh, the left, uh, uh, the left guard is also a backup tackle. Uh, McGovern, the center, was the starting right guard. And, and so I think, you know, one of the things that they, they thought was, okay, uh, we're going to just have to run the ball. Uh, we're not going to be able to protect the. We're not going to be able to protect Case Keem. And if you if you watched uh, everything that they did in drop top back was uh, three point or three step drops. Uh, then you saw a lot of it. And we were, we talked about this during the broadcast and all week last week when they go to two tights or three tights for whatever reason they are pass heavy. Uh, you know, up to uh, you know sixty plus percent of the time they're throwing the ball out of two tights and three tights, and they just showed that yesterday. Um, and so, uh, and I think part of that is, uh, you know, you, you keep a, an extra tight end to help the tackles. Uh, you know, they just, uh, but the, when they ran the ball and they run the inside zone and they run the outside zone, they, they run a couple counter traps, but mostly they just stay with the inside zone and outside zone. Uh, the the thing about uh, Lindsey, Philip Lindsey, is he's a great cutback uh, uh, runner. He's got tremendous, tremendous vision, and then he has tremendous acceleration. So when he starts out on the inside zone, he normally probably eighty percent of the eighty percent of the time he'll cut it to the backside. When they run the outside zone, he does a great job of pressing to the edge, and then he's got the speed to as soon as he sees the crease. I mean. For, for an inside zone, outside zone runner, he hits the hole very quickly. And as soon as he sees it, man, he accelerates. And he's 0 to 60 in three steps, Stan. This guy is a tremendous, tremendous running back. I don't know how it was that he didn't get drafted. Uh, but uh, you He's know, small. You know, he's 5'8". So that's, you know, they, they turned uh, you know, they, they a blind uh, eye to him. That's really why. Somebody, right. should t- somebody should have told that to Joe Morris. Right. Well, you know, and, and you know, he is—he is a tremendous running back, and uh, you know, he broke a couple of big ones, uh, and uh, uh, so yeah, I, I think you know, is it, part of it Stefan Tuitt, part of it uh, 
uh, getting caught in the wrong defense. At times, I was just watching a film. You know, one time on one of his runs, like his 16, 20-yard run, uh, they, uh, they had three tight ends to the one side, and the Steelers didn't shift over into it. And so they ran to the play side, and uh, everybody on that side of the ball was doubled, and the, uh, he found the crease, and uh, he was off to the races. Uh, you know, uh, Terrell, and, Terrell Edmonds does a great job of knocking him out of bounds. Uh, to save even a bigger play, but um, that was one of the, some of the things that they did. Tunch, talking about the turnovers, I think what's annoying most people, it certainly annoyed me, and I made mention of this over and over in the postgame show yesterday, is that this was a, a uh, improper use of technique, and I know you were always big on technique. You had to be, uh, right. and by that I mean Xavier Grimble's carrying the ball on the wrong arm. Right. James Conner is trying to leap over somebody, and by doing that, the ball gets away from his body. It's loaf right. of bread time. Um, I mean, are these things that they work on, or are these things that are considered to be common knowledge? You don't do that. Well, you know, in the, in the heat of the battle, Stan, sometimes you don't think of those things. And, uh, you know, James Conner is a guy that, uh, you know, you would expect a little bit more. Vivian um, Grimble was a guy that hasn't had many reps and hasn't had many receptions and hasn't had many uh, plays in the open field. Uh, you know, that was a, such a well-executed play that when he was running all on the own, you know, yeah, should he have switched it to his left hand or should he have cut back against the grain or should he have tried to jump over the guy instead of running over? But part of the thing is, you know, he's going, I'm going to run this guy over. Will Parks. And Will Parks is very physical. You know, the, the one thing that, uh, you know, I talked about all in, in my in our show last week was how physical the uh, uh, the Denver Broncos secondary was, and how how aggressive they were, and how they would jump on uh, on uh, on routes, so, so they were very susceptible to double moves. And so Will Parks is coming there, and he's he, he decides he's going to light up uh, Xavier Grimble. Xavier uh, doesn't put the ball on the outside arm. Um, and he decides he's going to run him over, and uh, you know that was probably not uh, the best strategy. Uh, but uh, you know he wanted to light him up too, and uh, it just uh, he lost that battle. And it, you know these things happen. Well, uh, he somebody said he wanted to make a statement. I think scoring a touchdown is a pretty good statement, and I would right. rather light up the scoreboard than I would lighten a guy up. Um, the guy's a dope. Um, his, his, his explanation after the game was particularly troubling to me. The last thing, Tunch, we've talked about the turnovers. It's pretty obvious. But maybe if we're talking about systemic issues, is the Steelers not forcing any. They are a minus 7 in turnover ratio. That's the worst turnover ratio of any team with a winning record. Uh, can, can you teach? I, we hear this all the time. Well, we're working on stripping the ball and, but they have only forced 12 turnovers in 11 games, and that's not championship football if we're looking at big-term goals. You know, Stan, everything you've pointed out today, and, you know, you pointed out they're systemic, but they're all correctable. Each one of these things, I guarantee next time Xavier Grimble is running with the ball in his hand, he's going to make sure he keeps it to the outside to, towards the sideline. James Conner will definitely 
keep the ball tucked under his armpit a little bit more. I was even thinking that maybe uh, uh, Jerome Bettis should give him a call and tell, uh, and tell him how he <laughs> carried the ball, you yeah. know, up higher, you know. As long um, as it's not against Indianapolis. Yeah, that's right. And so, uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And so um, the other thing is, uh, you know, the, uh, the opportunities – for takeaways will come, and they do work on stripping the ball. I hear, I'm in, I'm in practice uh, all the time, and I hear Thomas say, "Strip the ball, strip the ball, strip the ball." And uh, and the other thing is, you know, th- th- there was a batted ball that uh, almost could have been in a, uh, intercepted by LT Walden. Unfortunately, Jared Valdir had the the clamps on him, and he was kept driving him as the ball was in the air, so he couldn't make the catch. But, um, you know, that's that's part of it. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about this at all, Stan. Um, I think this is just one of those games where you have bad luck. And what's good about it is you go back to the drawing board, and now you fine-tune the mistakes you make. And I guarantee each one of those guys works on what, uh, what they failed at through the course of the yesterday afternoon. All right, Tunch. Yeah, you can't. Uh, Denver needs help. They need you to help them win. Uh, the Chargers and New England and New Orleans need some <laughs> needs uh, no help. They uh, right. do pretty well on their own. Thank you, Tunch. Always great talking with you. Get some rest when you can. Uh, don't forget Tunch and Wolf each and every weekday, ten until noon, right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Thank you, Tunch. Thanks, Dan. I got to go watch some more film. I'm going to get some rest tonight. All right. Thanks. Yeah. See if you're going to race one of those turnovers, would you? Uh, all, all right. right. All, all right. right. Touch brought to us by Calusi Chevrolet. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio.